Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals and the greater community. Welcome today to a very special guest, Jamie Barnes, exercise physiologist and a very regular guest on this show. So we're wrapped to have you back again and share all your knowledge. I'm flattered you keep inviting me back. Thank you. (laughs) So today we're going to touch on Alzheimer's and it may seem a funny topic for us to be chatting about with um, with your background in exercise physiology, but I know that you're going to link it in and, and share with our audience why, um, yeah, where exercise fits into this hideous disease. Yeah, for sure. It's um, you know we often think of Alzheimer's as you know sort of what we see on the on the surface, but you know there is um, there are sort of a number of strategies around. Um, mainly prevention, but also a little bit around sort of maintenance for people already diagnosed. So um, looking forward to cracking into some of that. Yeah, great. So maybe we should start with explaining what it actually is, what Alzheimer's is. Yeah, so it's a a condition of um, deterioration within the brain that sort of manifests as loss of um, cognitive um, function, memory and and eventually physical function as an advanced um, progression of the disease as well. It's um it's thought to sort of come around through the build up of um what's called amyloid plaques um which uh, amyloid beta oops sorry beta amyloid is um is a substance that sort of comes and goes through the brain you know in in, in healthy adults regularly but um, what can happen in some people is that that um that can build up over time and not be cleared out as regularly as it needs to be um which can which can cause um, amyloid plaques which I'm I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard of already um and that can disrupt signals that are transmitted within the brain and and disrupt communication um and and the outcome of that is um is loss of that cognitive function and. Is there a certain age that this starts or can start? There's there's early onset, um, which can sort of happen a little bit earlier in um, in adulthood. So you know, sort of start, you know, I guess early in the in that senior age bracket. But um, it's uh, it's generally thought of something. It's thought of as a um, as a you know older adults yeah. um, condition. So I don't think there's any um, specific age groups off the top of my head, although I'm sure they are out there, but it's generally something that we sort of, you know, after 50 probably start to, to look at. Um, 50's it, not that you know. old. No, 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 no. I don't, yeah, that, that probably didn't come out well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess you're looking probably more of your early onset sort of around there and then you sort of as yeah. you get into your 60s and 70s, it's probably becoming more of a real risk. Yeah. So let's go back to how does this plaque build up then? Yeah, so um, when, uh, as, as I mentioned, um, the beta amyloid comes um, comes and goes throughout the brain um but it's it's well you know relatively well regulated um but yeah after a period of time it can as i say um build up and the levels can be higher compared to what they should be um and then there's plaques that develop and tangles is probably another term that people have heard of and then they can um they can disrupt the synapses within the brain which are basically your um where signals are transmitted so if we're not getting um the transmission of signals that we um 
that we need or that we you know is ideal, then that's where we can sort of start to see some of that um, effect on our cognitive function and our memory. And do we know what causes the um, build up then? If we're meant to have it going through our brains naturally and healthily, what what causes it? I think. That's probably a part of the the mystery. Um, there's there's risk factors certainly for for Alzheimer's as a as a condition, um, which may play a role as well. So yep. if you're happy for me to go into risk yeah. factors, that's probably a good segue. Yep. Um, so certainly a reduction or a, a lower level of physical activity is one. So we'll talk a little bit later on about the role that physical activity has in, in a bit more depth, but. Um, uh, obesity is another one, as well as your um, metabolic syndrome. So things like your high cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, lower glucose tolerance, um, the presence of, of type two diabetes have all been all been identified as as risk factors. And um, I guess sort of working that back towards physical activity, they're all lifestyle risk factors. Um, I know that there's there's sort of certain um, genetic predispositions with some of the things that are listed just there, but um, what we know is that if someone's physically active and physically, um, you know, uh, healthy in that sense, and we can reduce our risk of um, of those other risk factors, the, the metabolic risk factors, and then by extension, um, reducing risk of, of Alzheimer's as well. Yeah, fascinating. I read um, I read an interesting um, tidbit the other day that said uh, that some some autopsy studies have shown that as many as 80% of people with Alzheimer's also had cardiovascular disease. So if we're looking at the link between some of these lifestyle diseases and Alzheimer's, um, you know, that's a pretty damning stat in terms of, um, you know, the the link between the two and and the risk that comes with that. So how are we going to manage these? If we know these are risk factors, what are we going to do? So I guess um, we're, we're, we're just encouraging people to, to live healthy and active lifestyles. Um, so it is, I guess it goes back to your fundamentals of, um, you know, making sure that you're getting in your regular exercise, making sure that you're eating well um, and doing all those sort of smaller one percenters to look after yourself as well. Um, so we're probably not doing anything targeted specifically towards, you know, avoiding mm. Alzheimer's or um, other forms of dementia later on in life, but, um, you know, using using that as a preventative tool for not only um, not only only our cognitive function, but also our, our general health as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so I guess a lot of it ties into, you know, um, just staying generally fit and healthy. Yeah, and back to that exercise is medicine, which is where you come in and your knowledge yeah, comes yeah, that's in. that's right. Yep, yep. <laughs> so what levels should we be doing? You know, we know that at, at certain ages it's going to be harder to, you know, run a marathon, mm-hmm. but what levels should we be doing to prevent some of these Things. Yeah. So generally, we um, the, the the government sets out some some um, physical activity guidelines, um, which can be difficult. I mean, they 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 look achievable on the surface, but I understand that you know people sort of live busy lives and those sort of things. Um, generally, we try and as as exercise physiologists, we we try and sort of look at someone's week to week schedule and try and you know work in um, some form of aerobic activity on most days of the week, whether that's going for a, a walk or a jog for for half an hour. Um, in addition to a couple of strength training sessions per week as well, so that doesn't have to be going to a gym and you know um, sort of setting that much time aside in your day but it can be doing some some body weight exercises at home or some other forms of um of strengthening too so um yeah it's quite a quite a general set of guidelines but yeah it's very much um it's very much sort of adapting it to the individual and what their schedule is and yeah Mm. and are we still saying you know ten thousand steps is a minimum 
a day? Is that what the guidelines are still recommending? Yeah, I'm not overly sure on the research around the 10,000 steps, but I think it's a – I tend to look at it as a good um, sort of barometer for people. Um, and if you're achieving your 10,000 steps, then, you know, at least we can sort of say that, you know, you're getting getting some good movement in throughout the day. Um, so, I mean, it, it, if, if – the goal of 10,000 steps is motivating you to um, to get out and move and go for a walk on your lunch break or, you know, park your car further away and walk to work, then I, I don't see that as, as something that's going to be harmful to your health, that's for sure. Yeah. So um, I look as a as a um, as something in isolation, like I don't generally sort of say to people you have to do your 10,000 steps, but if it's if it's something that you can set to your to your smartwatch and, you know, look at every day and say that you've achieved that, then I think that's um, that's doing more, more good than harm for sure. Yeah. And so... What are some good ways that we can get our heart rate up? Because obviously walking, you can walk at a very slow pace and yep. get your steps up, but you may not have actually given yourself some cardiovascular um, uh, exercise. Yeah. So which is important from what you've said before. For sure, yeah. So one one caveat with um, with going for walks and those sort of things is, is um, you know, we'll, like, we'll often have people in that, you know, have a – Whatever health issue it is, and sort of say they need to they need to do more. But I you know, I go for a walk for half an hour a day. But when we ask them what the intensity is of that walk, you know, a lot of the time it'll be, um, you know, maybe I've got an older dog, and you know, it's a bit more of a stroll because the dog can't keep yeah. up or things like that. So we we really emphasise needing to to have um, you know a little bit of huff and puff with their with their intensity. Um, you know, st- still to the point where you could, you could have a conversation with someone next to you, but um, certainly increasing your respiratory rate. Um, and um, you know, working that slightly higher intensity is is, is important for for getting some meaningful change. Um, yeah. So increasing your, your pace is one. You know, if you if you've got a, a walking track around home that's a little bit hilly as well, that that's a very easy way to, to get your um get your heart rate and get your breathing rate up. So um, that's another option as well. But yeah, certainly um, ensuring that that you're not sort of going through the motions by going for a walk and it's sort of like a leisurely stroll. We want to, um, we want to make sure we're challenging, challenging our heart and lungs a little bit. And, um, what about swimming's always been good for weightlessness in terms of, you know, good for your joints. Is that good for cardiovascular? Yeah, yep, 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 absolutely. You know, we're, we're still getting a, um, you know, if, if you're still getting that, um, feeling of, um, increasing your breathing rate and you're still getting your heart rate up, then for sure swimming's a good option too. And what anything else you can think of that um, I suppose is an easy, when I say easy, because as we said, running certainly isn't for everyone and the mm-hmm. older we get it, it can be yep. less and less um, attractive. Yep. Um, anything else you can think of or that you recommend in terms of getting your heart rate up? Yeah, other rhythmic activities like um, cycling, you know, whether it's um, whether it's on the spin bike at home or whether you've got a, a bike that you can, you know, physically take out on the road with you um, uh, and rowing if you've got a rowing machine or if you've got a, you know, a rower, uh, if you've got a, a boat or a kayak or something at home that you can take out onto the water as well, um, uh, both um, other good forms as well. Yeah. And, you know, these days we can hire equipment into our homes if we've got a, um, you know, if we're worried about winter coming along and we don't want to go to a gym, we could have some bits of equipment in our home that could help with that. When you said rowing, that sort of, I wasn't even thinking outdoor (laughs) rowing. I was thinking of rowing machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was my initial thought too. But, yeah, yeah, um, 
the other one as well, you know, like um, you can you can buy little um, attachments that you can put onto your bike, and you know, if you're worried about sort of being out on the roads when it's wet in winter, um, you know, having the having the wind trainer on, and you know, still still using your regular bike, whether it's a um, you know a proper road bike or whether it's a you know mountain bike, and yeah. um, you know, doing it from the comfort of your home as well. Yeah, and that, yeah. as you said, they do the attachments for both of the bikes, so yeah, yeah, and then you can still binge your Netflix exactly as, you, right. as you're getting yeah, your heart rate up exactly in front of the right. TV. <laughs> More uh, importantly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. And years ago it was um, jump rope for heart. Yeah. So obviously that well and truly gets your heart rate up. But, yep. again, depending on your age, yeah, you're trying to implement right. this yeah. and things like that. Yeah. I should have mentioned before, if we can circle back to risk factors a little yeah. bit, um, sleep is another big one. And I know we've done a podcast before on sleep and the health benefits and, um, you know, the detriments of, you know, chronically sleeping um, less than we should. Um, we spoke in the podcast about, you know, sleep, um, I guess, cleansing the brain overnight for want of a better term and, um, you know, establishing establishing new connections. Yeah, so if, if we look at it from that lens, um, a lack of that deep sleep uh, over the course of months and years can um, can also contribute to, to Alzheimer's as well. So, you know, we talk about sleep from a, a recovery tool point of view and from a general health and wellbeing point of view, but, yeah, it certainly extends to, um, you know, certain chronic conditions and Alzheimer's is certainly one of them. Yeah. Yep. So we're still sort of saying that seven to eight hours yeah, is yep. ideal. Yeah, and, and, and quality sleep as well. Yep. So, you know, if you're sleeping for, um, you know, if you're sleeping between, say, 10 o'clock and um, 6 o'clock the following morning, which totals eight hours, but you're waking up every hour, um, you know, for five minutes or so, then, you know, you could make the argument that we're not really getting much quality sleep yeah. in that time as well. So while the time frame of being asleep is important, it's, it's equally important to make sure that it's high-quality sleep too. Yep. So we've talked about raising our heart rates um, and you've mentioned strength training, which you've done a podcast episode on that and we know about, you know, building your bones and and things. What about um, I've heard crosswords as you get older to help keep your mind active? Yeah, um, so there's... In terms of prevention, um, what we do know is that the more that you can mentally stimulate yourself with learning new, um, learning new skills, you know, mentally challenging activities can can be preventative for, for Alzheimer's disease. So, um, generally, as as a rule of thumb, we look for things that you um, you're basically learning new things. So crosswords, um, while they while they're probably stimulating, you're not necessarily building new connections i guess unless you're learning you know new definitions to words or things like that which which you could make an argument for but um you know things like learning a new language um or um you know if you were to start a new course and you know sort of maybe reskill in career or something like that those sort of things where um we're creating new networks within the brain um can have a preventative effect um so i guess if we're linking that to exercise um one thing that we can do for people um you know if they're in early stage um alzheimer's or if they're um you know we're in that sort of um risk group is to um, engage in exercises that are going to be physically challenged but also mentally challenging as well. So that can be things like, um, you know, dual tasking, so getting someone to focus on two things at once, you know, while they're exercising. You know, balance exercises can be another one because you have to put a lot of thought into what you're doing and making sure that you're not falling over. Um, so, and then for people um, with diagnosed Alzheimer's, getting them into a group setting as well um, can be can be beneficial from, a, um, from the sense of, you know, social skills and um, stimulating the brain through um, through 
interaction with other people. Yeah. <clears throat> so going back to the learning new things, so musical instruments as well, I suppose, would come under that. Yep. Um, taking up dancing yep. lessons, which, yep. again, is probably doing both, a bit of cardio and a yeah, bit absolutely. of stimulating yeah. the brain. But, yeah, the crossword one is interesting, isn't it, because I know certain crosswords, um, you know, by, by certain Certain crosswords, if you do them over and over, you know the clues are going to be yeah. there. But if you then pick up a new one that from a completely different book that you don't know how it works and yep. you're trying to work out their their style, but once you've worked out the style, it is a bit of like, oh, yeah, this word will always be in there. And That's right. Oh, even things like, um, you know, uh, if, if you've never played Sudoku before, you know, even just learning the skill of how to play that game yep. is a is a connection in itself. Yep. So, um, yeah, if it's if it's something that is is mentally challenging and something that you're having to kind of learn as a as a new skill, then um, there's evidence to show that that can um, improve what 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 is called in the research cognitive reserve, which is basically um, which is basically to say that. Um, if we if we simplify it and say cognitive reserve being the amount of connections you have in, in your brain, um, you know, if you – obviously over time with Alzheimer's we lose some of these connections, but the more you've got to begin with, um, the, less of a, the less of a decline we may see um, from a cognitive point of view. Mm. So, so essentially you- trying to challenge yourself sort of throughout your lifespan and, you know, constantly learn new things, um, constantly challenging yourself cognitive, cognitively and mentally. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, exercise can play play its role um, through, you know, if, you, if you're someone that doesn't do much strength training work, you know, even just learning those movement patterns for the first time and then doing that under load can um, can be a skill within itself. Yeah. Yeah. So it all depends on someone's training age and yeah. those sort of things too. What they've previously done. Yeah. So would you say Sudoku is different to crossword? Because I know uh, once you've learnt it but. Yeah, no, in that um, in that instance I sort of meant like if I'd never played Sudoku yeah. before and I was trying to learn how to play it, yeah. um, probably once you once you've established how to play it, it might have a diminishing effect. But yeah. okay. um, you know, by the same token if I'd never played a crossword before and I was trying to work out the rules and, you know, you can only put five letters into five boxes yeah. and those sort of things. Um, yeah. Okay. And talk to me about balance then. What um why is just go give me a bit more information on how balance works. Yeah, so w- w- from a balance point of view, if you're um, if you're given a balance task to do in a gym or in a in a group exercise class, um, we've got to put a lot of um, focus into what we're doing to ensure that we don't fall over. Depending on the t- on the um, difficulty of it, so um, we could make the argument that that would have a preventative effect within itself because we're we're using um, we're using our brain power to focus on the movement that we're doing and also keeping upright while we're doing it as well. So um, if, if if there's enough of a stimulus in that sense and, and we spoke about you know another way that we can throw somebody off balance is to do dual tasking so it might be if you think about say like a heel to toe walking exercise and then holding on to um holding on to a tennis racket and you're balancing a ball on a tennis racket that's what we call dual tasking so that you haven't glued onto the tennis racket we, yeah, i hear, I hear we, you had a little uh... if, we, if we've got this particular client that's listening at the moment you know exactly who you are i mean you nailed a tennis ball onto his um onto his little <laughs> holder uh... but um <laughs> But, yeah, it, you know, by doing something like that, we're splitting the focus between a couple of different things and, therefore, we're, we're challenging the brain in different ways. Yeah, so, great. Um, you know, for people, as I say, for people who are already diagnosed or for people who are looking to, you know, maybe at that stage of their life and, you know, looking to um, prevent it in the first place, um, you know, mentally challenging exercises like that can, can be of use. Yeah, fantastic. 
And so you've said um, with people that are already diagnosed, Mm -hmm. the group settings really important for social connection. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, And I think it can be especially sort of as you get to that advanced stage of the of the condition um you know we probably see a decline in and not only social um not only social function and the ability to sort of socialize with other people but also um just maybe a little bit more social isolation as well so you know maintaining the ability to um to have that engagement with other people within a you know a group exercise setting i think can be can be important as well yeah yeah and obviously i think you've covered this already but if you Already diagnosed, and you're still able to do the exercise. It's going to hold it at bay or yeah. slow down the oh, we, decline. We, we, yeah, we, and we see, you know, um, probably when we're moving to that stage where someone's already being diagnosed, we're looking, we're shifting our focus to things like slowing the progression of the disease um, and just just maintaining, or you know, maybe even improving quality of life um, as well. So, um, it's yeah, as I say, it's sort of more around sort of slowing that progression from a both, both a, a mental and a physical point of view because we, we tend to see sort of in, adv- in the advanced stages, you know, we still start to see some muscle wastage and um, bone mineral density decreasing and those sort of things too. So making sure that we're um, keeping the keeping the body um, as healthy as possible um, and then doing some other things to support the cognitive function as well. Yep. So what are some tips you think people can do at home then? What are their takeaways that they go, right, today I'm in implementing? Yep. Um, I think probably the big one is just to, for me, just to continue, well, apart from the big rocks, which are, you know, making sure that you've been physically active and you're eating well and sort of doing the things that we know that we should be doing to, to prevent a, an mm. array of conditions, um, challenging yourself cognitively and, um, you know, Giving you, giving yourself different mental tasks, you know, throughout your days and weeks, whether that's learning new skills or um, researching uh, researching things you don't know much about. I mean, I I, I find that um, you know, like I, I find thing like different things fascinating, and so I tend to. I'm one of those people that tend to, you know, if I learn something new, I want to learn more about it. So you sort of go into into more depth. But I think that's a good thing in terms of maintaining your brain health as you get older. So, yeah. um, you know, you um, just keep sort of stimulating yourself with with new information you know new new tasks things that make you you know really think um on top of doing the doing the big rocks um in terms of looking after your health so eating well sleeping well exercising well yeah Yeah. and i think if someone was worried you know today start with your gp yeah have your cholesterol tested you know check your glucose levels your blood all those things that we should be doing which i think we're all terrible and put those off sometimes <laughs> um you know we're all aware of our weight so keeping keeping an eye on that there's sort of things we can start with and then mm-hmm. as you've said start working on a plan for increasing the exercise and what new task are you going to do yep might sure. be, you might have wanted to learn painting for ever and put it off and now's yep. the time now or, you got an extra reason yeah, to. yeah yeah fantastic thank you very much for being with us today and hopefully people have found this um very informative and, and know that they can put things in place. They've got some control to actually put things in place to hopefully not go down the Alzheimer's path. That's right. No, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Welcome. If you have a topic you would like covered, get in touch via our socials. The contact details can be found in the episode notes. If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.